unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. We've got a special guest for the 350th episode of Copywriters Podcast. That's right. Yes, we do. And so let's get right into it. You know, when you start a launch, I have a question. Do ripples of fear tie up your stomach in knots because you feel like you're starting from zero? And you've got way too far to go and not enough time to get there? It's a common problem and a problem today's guest set out to solve. Brenna McGowan is a launch strategist, copywriter, and creator of what she calls anticipation marketing. She's developed a system so the water is warm even before you jump in to start your launch. She has a complete pre-launch strategy that comes before the launch, and her clients have tripled and even quadrupled sales as a result of using the pre-launch approach Brenna recommends. I was introduced to Brenna by Joshua Lee Henry, who you'll remember from many shows that he's been on here before. Joshua Lee told me Brenna read my book, The Persuasion Story Code, and told him that many of the story types mentioned in the book were central to her pre-launch strategy, which she's going to tell us about today. And before she does, there's something I want to tell you about. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Brenna, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You know, we were talking about this ahead of time and one thing about marketing online is there's usually this big divide between content and conversion copy. Now, I would argue that in the last few years, that has merged a lot, especially with the rise of social media and just the overall environment. But I think you've been looking at this before that happened. In a pre-launch, you merge content and conversion copy right from the beginning. So you're putting out content that's built on the foundation of a conversion strategy. Do you want to say a few words about that? Yes, I consider it, I will consider it consideration content. So basically, this is the time before you open your doors, before you officially launch your offer, where we really want people to start thinking about the possibility of working with you, buying your product, buying your service, whatever that is. And so in the past, I actually started off as a social media manager. And so I have a lot, I'm very familiar with content is that people would be kind of before a launch would be putting out maybe random content or building no like and trust or doing these, these activities in their social media that were not quite as effective. And so what I started to think through was how could we take some of these conversion principles and start to persuade using stories and other content, emails, things like that, to get people into the mind frame of considering buying from us before they actually saw the offer. So that leads right into the, the next question, which is 
you know, let's just get down to definitions. I mean, what is a pre-launch according to your definition and what is anticipation marketing? What's that all about? Great question. So the way I discovered anticipation marketing and pre-launch is, and, and it's not something that we've never heard of before in the launch, you know, in, in launch cycles. But what I started to notice, I am a copywriter, was writing launch copy, is that people were really kind of either ignoring their audience before they launched, or they were putting out, as we said, just kind of like more like fun, random content. It wasn't very intentional. And so what I consider a pre-launch for most cases, you know, there's some exceptions to the rule. If you're you're selling a $27 product, you might not need this in an extended pre-launch. But my definition of a pre-launch is six weeks before launch, we are putting out the content that does the heavy lifting of your launch, meaning we're shifting beliefs, we're tapping into the pain points, we are showing the transformation, not that our offer provides. So this is something that is really important in a pre-launch. I always say in pre-launch, you are selling your process, not your product, right? So what we're trying to do is get people so tapped in to the benefits of what we offer, the processes that we offer, that that by the time they see an offer, they're already pre-sold. Can I give you an example of maybe what that would look like a little bit? Oh, please do. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, I'll just use myself as an easy example. I have a program called the Pre-Launch Plan Program. In order for you to want to invest thousands of dollars with me inside my program, you first have to really believe that a pre-launch is the way to increase sales, to get away from the less stress, to have buyers who are excited to buy from you, to pre-sell. So during a pre-launch process, I'm actually selling that. I call it the buyer belief statement. I'm selling that buyer belief statement before I ever sell my offer. And this is the part that most people skip or ignore to a degree, because this is how you start having launches, even in the environment that we're in right now, that are where you're still making money, where you are getting people excited when, because you've done this extended period of selling. But once again, we're selling that, that, buyer belief statement, we are not actually selling the offer during this time. Yeah, I, I love that idea of buyer belief statement. And to me, it's like, it's so obvious to you what you need to believe because you believe it and it makes sense. And you figure everyone else ought to believe it the minute they hear it. But of course, human minds don't work that way. So I, I think this is a great way of laying the groundwork. Yeah. And the other thing that you mentioned, which is anticipation marketing, which is we also want to create buzz and momentum, right? So if you think about a, my friend Brittany McBean and I were talking about this, if you think about a plane taking off, right? It is that runway, that time of the buildup that actually lifts the plane off the ground. And that is what anticipation can do for your, can do for your actual sales periods. It's like, how can we get people so invested and excited about what's to come that it does all of that momentum and buzz does the heavy lifting for your launch? This makes so much sense, but let's talk about right now. 
Why is this so important, especially in business right now? Right. This is such a great question. It's funny. Just this week, I had someone DM me and say, what I was doing last year in my launches is not working anymore. And this is something I'm hearing again and again. The market has shifted. You know, there is market saturation, meaning there's more people than ever. You know, we have more competition than ever as the online business uh, sphere grows. People are smarter. And I don't mean smarter. I mean, people have always been smart, obviously. But what hap- what's happened, because there is saturation, right? People know they have more choices. And in because there have been more choices, a lot of people have gotten burned. It's funny, I'm working with a private private client this week. And one of the big objections that she is seeing um, when it comes to her launch is that people are like, I've bought the courses, I've invested in the business coaches, I'm not where I need to be. And so this is because when we have this flood of people, people maybe haven't gotten the results that have been promised. And so people just aren't spending as quickly. And then just in general, I'm not a financial pro here, but people people are just tightening their wallets. They're watching their money more closely. And so all of these things together, you know, flood of people on the market, people not getting results, people not spending as quickly means that people are making much more careful buying decisions. And if you take this into account, you know, kind of the old way, I guess you will, and we used to sell is like, we could just like throw a webinar up, maybe run cold ads to it and start selling our course on the back end. This is not, this is not happening like it used to. And it, I'm always like shocked that it worked to begin with. All I could think it was like such new concept that people didn't realize because according to DISC, which is about, if you're not familiar with DISC, it talks about different types of personalities. And DISC, you have two types of of people that are fast decision makers, and then you have two types of people in the DISC profile, the S and the C, that are slow decision makers. So the way that we've been taught to traditionally launch in the online world was really built for the D and I in DISC, the, the dominant, the influencer, the people that can make quick decisions we have not taken a lot of consideration into the people like myself who are going to watch, who are going to quietly sit back, who need time to process. So when you throw an offer up in front of them, tell them they have seven days to make a decision to spend thousands of dollars, they actually recoil, they don't lean in. And so what we wanna do is we wanna bring more of our audience into buying from us by giving them time to go, to do to consider and that's where that consideration pre-launch content comes in that's great you know in direct marketing circles like a a five percent conversion is often considered fantastic but if you think about it that might be because those people are all ids or high eyes they're very fast decision makers and direct marketing has because of the dna and the architecture of, of direct marketing has kind of settled aside all of the uh, slower decision makers and you're saying no don't people are good customers too they just need more time to become familiarized with what you're doing exactly the really cool part of and this is what i love about your book the persuasion story code too as well is that 
especially if you look at the S and the C in DISC, the S is the emotional person, right? And that's where these stories can really start coming into effect where you're getting in, I mean, stories feed into the subconscious. And so when you think about that, or when you're giving people information, the C's want all of the information up front. They want time to analyze it and think about it. So it all kind of starts to work together when we think about how, how people are thinking through when it comes to the slower decision makers. And I'm not going to argue that slower decision makers are better clients or customers, but what I have seen in with my previous clients, with students in my program, is they say that they actually, when they do this pre-launch process, they're actually calling in people that are more apt to do the work to actually get results from the program. And it's because those people, those slower decision makers have a lot of time in their consideration of what they're going to do, how they're going to spend their time. So it starts to actually create a, what I call it like a cyclical effect, because you start getting more sales because you're talking to more people. The slower decision makers are having time to make the decision. You're not just getting those dominant people. And those people are coming in and doing the work you know, seeing the results. And therefore, when the more results we see, obviously, the better our stuff sells. Yeah. So in a way, you have a very contrarian approach. And you probably don't even like to think of yourself as contrarian. But contrarian in that very often scarcity is like major approved and encouraged motivator um, to be used in direct marketing. And it works, but one one point I'd love for you to expand upon is that if you're not selling out of urgency, scarcity alone, you're going to get higher quality students. I think you just um, alluded to that when you talked about more people actually doing the work. Um, could you talk about the emotional environment you create and not only what kind of people it brings in, but how their attitudes and expectations might be different if they don't feel like they've been pushed into it. Right. I think it's such a great question. And I always say, I don't mind being contrarian. I'm just not very confrontational. So I love that. But okay. I, that's, you know, that's a good and, distinction. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly why this process, like you said, where people are taking a little bit more time. So when we use a lot of urgency and scarcity, and by the way, I'm not against urgency and scarcity. Obviously, these are things that are work. I think there's an appropriate time for them. I think there's also slow decision makers like me who at some point are like, you need, you need to make a decision now or you're you're out, right? Like there, there is that part of urgency and scarcity. But what we really want to tap into is instead of relying on urgency and scarcity, you know, all of these things that we've been kind of taught in the past to do is like, okay, let's first tap into the person's internal desires. Let's tap into what are the things that they truly want for their life? Can we talk to them in a way that gets them to, can we ask them questions where they can reflect on what they really want to do, what their overall goals are? All of these things take time. And that is the thing that has been skipped a lot before in launches is that we're just all of a sudden selling, selling, selling an offer 
right? Making people feel maybe tense or, you know, scared they're going to have FOMO, where instead I want people to feel a natural tension of what their goals are. You know, what is the pain that they want to get out of? What, is, what are the things? going on in their own heads that have stopped them from getting the results they want. So when you can do this type of work with people ahead of time, and you're doing it in a very fun way, right? Because during a pre-launch, this is when we get to like really tell, tell interesting stories, fun stories, all of these things, instead of it being, once we get to a, a launch period, you're asking someone to quickly make a decision, yes or no, and they need information to make a decision about the offer. I want them to make a decision that by the time they get to the offer, they know that they want the results that you've been talking about. Now they're decide if your offer is the one for them. You've done all of that backend work leading up to the launch. Could you talk a little more about, you were talking about all these stories and pre-launch. Could you talk a little more about the role of storytelling? Yes. So storytelling is huge. And I, I wrote down before here, because when I read your book, I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, Dave, I think exactly alike without me even realizing, because the type of stories that you mention in the Persuasion Story Code are coincidentally a lot of the same stories I tell my students to do in my program or I help my clients create. You know, you talk about origin stories, stories about prospects pain, how to predict the future, right? So talking, I always start in pre-launch with talking about your why, why you do what you do in terms of how you help your person. That's an origin story. I love how you talk about stories about prospects pain. Um, there was a quote that I wrote down that I think is so good from you, which is, once you get your prospect actively anticipating, getting a sense of relief, so it goes to anticipation here, getting a sense of relief themselves, you have a much more interested prospect than you did just moments ago. And this is why sharing and letting people know like, okay, we we understand their pain. We understand what we're going through. It builds a lot of trust. The other thing that I love that you talk about in the persuasion story code is that like these pain stories, and this is really, really important during pre-launch as well, is that the stories that you tell around the pain are not to fix the pain. It is to let people know that you understand the pain. And this is something that's really hard for my students to get through their heads sometimes because we've been taught in this content world that the way to provide value is to give people ABC, you know, step one, two, three to fix something where that's not what your pre-launch content is set out to do. Your pre-launch content is set out for them to know that you understand their pain and that the solution to fix their pain comes in your offer that's coming later down the line. Predicting the future, transformation stories. What is their life going to look like after they solve the pain? Reassurance stories, something that I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think this is an, another argument for pre-launch is that when when someone makes a decision, so I might be like, oh yeah, I definitely want, you know, I want what David's selling right now. But all of a sudden, we're talking ourselves out of it, right? There's these objections, these beliefs that we have. And so in my pre-launch process that I show people, we do exactly that. We say, okay, now that you know, you understand who we are and our why, you, we understand your pain, 
all of a sudden now, I know there's a natural resistance for you to go, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to change. I don't know if this is the right thing for me. You know, like there's all these stories that are going on with our head. So you can use stories to start displaying and reassuring people how they're thinking about a certain subject may not be, I don't want to say accurate, but maybe a little bit different than than how they initially thought about it. Stories that explain is another one that's in your book. All of these stories, stories that build trust. I talking about case studies and a huge part of pre-launch is talking about customer stories, the transformation they had, the things that have stopped them. And even in my last launch alone, using case studies ahead of time is was a huge uh, needle mover in my launch because of all of these things that we're talking about, all of these objections, preconceived ideas, beliefs that we have where your case studies start to go. So the story is everything during a pre-launch. We've talked on the podcast before about like the Homer Simpson buyer versus the Lisa Simpson buyer. The Homer Simpson buyer will click on the link at the top of the sales page. The Lisa Simpson buyer maybe clicks on the third link down that's four pages in. I love that. The other thing that was coming to my mind was we've had Joe Schrieffer on before and he talks about if I want them to believe the solution, what do they have to believe before that? And how do I convey the things that they need to believe before? And one thing that I'm getting from you is the idea of like world building. Our actions are determined on what we believe about ourselves and what we believe about the world and what we believe about ourselves in the world. And it sounds like what you're doing is before you even make an offer, you're helping them, be- you're helping them build a world that inside of that new worldview, they're the type of person that buys and you're the type of person that they trust. If you come to me and you ask me for $10, I might just give you $10. But if you ask me for $1,000, I have to really know you, feel like you're part of my world, trust you. And that isn't done always on just a webinar and a sales page. And it sounds like a lot of what you're doing is helping people reframe the way they view themselves and the world before you even make the offer so that when the, when the offer comes, they're the type of person in the right type of world that it just makes sense to buy from you. Yes, that's exactly it. And when I, I would also say too, it's like not only thinking about the world, but also thinking about how you, the seller fits into that world, right? Mm. So thinking that's also really important during pre-launch as well is that, you know, it's a cliche to say, but obviously so true. We buy from people we know, like, and trust. And so when we can think through the type of stories that we're telling about ourselves, about the situation in life, that is another thing that is really important, especially going back to what I talked about earlier, where people are very hesitant to to buy right there because of because of people being burned not getting results on courses and things you know i have people come to me that buy from me that are like i've been watching you for two years i trust you i know like i i like how you talk about things i like your i had a client who said she stalked me for yeah i had a client who said she stalked me for two years before she hired me for a big ticket (laughs) i just heard it funny very good friends too but yeah people do that those of us who yeah. operate me more as a high D, we, we don't like instinctively realize that because we'll see something, check our gut. Okay. You know, and 
not everyone operates that way. And, and it's really good that you're pointing that out. Yeah. And I think so. And I think the other cool part that happens with pre-launch as well, and I just had a client who just had her biggest launch ever, um, they sent me this message. And the really cool part about her biggest launch was that by the process that I'm talking about too, I really want to point out is something that you rinse and repeat that gets better over time, right? So a pre-launch is just like a launch. When you, when you do the process that I'm talking about is that you can see the results and then you can go back and for your next launch. But the other cool thing that I see that we haven't talked about as well is that you, you, I have had people have their biggest launches ever where they have not grown their lists tremendously. And it's because the pre-launch starts to create this like cyclical thing where we're actually getting more from our current list, you know, in marketing and direct marketing is always like, okay, we got to add so many people to our list so we can get that one to 5% conversion. Where with a pre-launch, we're actually going through and getting more people out of our current audience to buy. And I've seen this on a repeated basis. The person that I just talked about who had her biggest launch ever, she had essentially like almost very little list growth and was able to sell again to that, that same list. So there's so many benefits that start to happen when you start doing this process with your audience. Okay. I've, I've just come up with a tagline for you, for your consideration. Brenna McGowan, non-confrontationally turning tired, old, untested direct marketing assumptions on their head. Hey, I'll take that. I like that. Okay, good. So before we wrap up, tell us about some of the results you already have, but anything else you want to tell us about results people have had after they use the pre-launch process? Yeah, I would love to. So, you know, one thing that I was when we talked about a little bit earlier is people will say, well, what about the people who want to buy from me now, right? Like how, what happens? Well, with the process that I show people, we've had up to someone, um, Justin Blackman is a great example from recently, he sold 75% of the spots in his program during pre-launch. So it's not that you aren't ever making sales. It's just that you're, you're making pre-sales in this like less pushy, pressury way where people actually raise their hands to say that they want to buy from you. I've had people go through the program that have had their first six-figure launches. You know, people talk about too, because you're not putting all this pressure onto the seven days. People, I have said that they have had their most calm and confident launch yet. One person that comes to mind, Susan Riach, She's a UX copywriter, has a program. She was one of my first students and she has gone through and she, at the first time she did this process, she tripled enrollment and she has progressively always sold somewhere. I'm going off a memory between 25 and 30% of her spots during pre-launch. And so what happens too, if you are starting to get early buyers before you even launch, I talk about how, you know, getting early, buyers build your confidence. And when your confidence is up, you show up differently. And when you show up differently, people can feel that, right? When they can feel that authority from you. And then it also creates a little bit of FOMO. If people are already buying from you, others would say, oh, like people are already buying this. Like I should take a look into what's going on, which creates more buyers. And so like Susan has done this process where she's getting people, um, 
you know, coming and buying early. And she just did the third pre-launch on the same program. Her list is not very big. She has not had a ton of list growth and just saw her biggest launch ever, even in the environment of, you know, to, when we're recording this 2023, where people are saying, you know, people aren't buying as much, sales are down. Like repeatedly, I've had people come through talking about that they have exceeded their numbers from the past. And some, you know, even if you don't even exceed, even if you keep the same numbers that you did from last time in the environment that we're in. So yeah, there's just so I could go on and on with case studies of people that have seen tremendous results. I had a doctor, Dr. Janaid come through my program. And what he does is he sells coaching to doctors. And the same thing, he had never really spent time on an extended pre-launch and went out to have a six-figure launch, biggest launch ever. So there's just repeated ways that I see. But the, the most important thing that I really want to point out here is I'm talking a lot of like numbers in here, but my goal, yes, I want us all, I, I, I'm in the sales business. I want us all to make a lot of money. But what I want you to figure out is how can we create an environment that takes the stress off of you as a seller, that actually relieves some of that stress and pressure off the buyer, where you can talk, use stories, use these case studies that you had, help people make a really good decision for themselves so that you can keep launching and increase numbers, right? Because what unfortunately in the launch world, what happens is people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I can't, you know, I can't do this anymore. Like I can't launch. I got to figure out a way not to launch. My, my process is how can we figure out a way for you to launch that feels really good that you can rinse and repeat so that you can start seeing and having these types of successes on a regular basis without like you wanting to burn everything to the ground. Yeah, I, I think that's good. And uh, I think there are a couple of things going on that, that we should acknowledge. One is we are in one of the lowest trust environments that I can remember in my life. People just feel like they've been let down by everyone and everything. And secondly, it's an axiom that 80% of your sales come after the initial sale. And in a way, your pre-launch program starts to address both of those points because it's like it's not like they've already bought from you before by going through the pre-launch, but it's like they have the same familiarity as if they did, which really lowers the distrust and increases the comfort. And in the process, you're getting closer to tapping into some of that 80%. I know that's kind of conceptual and, and fuzzy, but it, it seems to fit to me. Exactly. Well, you have a cheat sheet and, and it's free, right? People can find out more about you with the cheat sheet. Yes. So in the pre-launch sheet that I have, so there are three beliefs that every person needs to have before they buy from you. So that cheat sheet talks about what those beliefs are and the type of pre-launch content that you can start to create that will help establish those beliefs and get more people buying from you. Oh, that, that's great. Nathan, you're back. Yeah, where can people go to get this cheat sheet? I know we'll have it in the show notes, but for those that are just listening, where's the best place to go? Yes, brennamcgowan.co slash cheat sheet. Awesome. Okay, I want to say... 
excellent guest pick out for today's episode. This was such a fantastic conversation. I enjoyed listening. Brenda, thank you so much for coming on. David, do we have anything else before we're out of here? Yes. I would love Brenda to tell her tent story. My tent story? I'm trying to remember which tent story this we, is. We, you, went, you went camping and the rest of your family went out and you stayed oh. in the tent and did something. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for reminding me. So I had told David that when I first decided to become a copywriter, I bought a bunch of different books and that my family was camping. And instead of me being out, you know, playing cards or drinking beer or doing whatever you do on camping, I was sitting in my tent reading his book. And it's been a foundational book for me in terms of starting my copywriting career. So mm. thank you. Thanks for telling the story. I, I love that story. Imagine this woman in a camping trip reading breakthrough copywriting. It's like, what could be better than that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more time, plug your website where people can get your cheat sheet. BrennanMcGowan.co slash cheat sheet. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on again. If you want to check it out, you can find it in the show notes as well as a bunch of other awesome episodes of copywriters podcast over at copywriterspodcast.com. And until next time, we will catch you later. See you later. And thanks again, Brenna. Thank you. Are you getting tired of using the hero's journey in your sales copy over and over again? My book, The Persuasion Story Code, will help you put together stories that convince your prospects and resolve their objections. If you are a copywriter, you'll appreciate that every single one of the 25 kinds of stories in this book have been proven time and time again in profitable sales copy. But I've also used these kinds of stories to close five and six figure deals for my own business. And so have many of my clients. These stories are easy to create and easy to tell. They sound like ordinary conversation, but they are all designed and proven to lead to a yes. You can get the persuasion story code on amazon.com. So get your copy today. Hey, did you enjoy today's show? Want to help get it into the ears of more listeners? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.